What Are You Made Of? It's Mike C-Rock. Welcome to What Are You Made Of? Every episode of this podcast is centered around building ourselves and the people in our lives to reach our full potential. I hope that the experiences and stories of success from these conversations can give you rocket fuel to reach new heights and help you answer the question, What Are You Made Of? What Are You Made Of? I want to remind you that the Rocket Fuel book is available at MikeCRock.com forward slash book. That's MikeCROC.com forward slash book. Go get yourself a copy. And subscribe to the What Are You Made Of podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or your favorite podcast platform. If you like watching these, it's available on YouTube at my channel, Mike C-Rock Scirocco. Now, enjoy the show. Welcome back to another episode of What Are You Made Of with your boy, the unstoppable Mike C-Rock. I'm in the house today. With Ruben Kanya. I'm going to introduce him in a minute. But before I do that, I want to express gratitude. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for spreading the word about this podcast and my movement. I'm just so thankful to have you all a part of it. And, you know, let's keep rocking and rolling with it. Let's keep being unstoppable. And just a reminder go get that Rocket Fuel book, Become Unstoppable by Converted Setbacks into Rocket Fuel for Your Future. Grant Cardone wrote the forward, tells about what the Rocket Fuel law meant to him and his business and his life in the past and what it means going forward. Can't wait to get that in your hands. So go check that out, MikeCRock.com forward slash book. And today, Ruben Kanya, he is the founder and director of Invested Talent, a video marketing agency for real estate investors looking to explode their brand online and repurpose their podcast content. He's into short-term rentals, investing in those. He's a licensed realtor in Georgia. He's an avid system builder and a TEDx speaker, which we'll ask him about as we get into this. Ruben, welcome to the What He Made Up Show. Hey, Mike, man. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure to be here with you, man, sitting in this wonderful uh, studio that you got going on here. It's a pleasure to tap in today. Thank you, man. Thank you. And, you know, we always start the show. We have the tradition of asking our guests, what are you made of? Made of my environment. And to elaborate on that, my environment, I choose my environment very wisely. And, and for us who are, who've been, you know, this is what, March 30th today, if you're tapping into this, or is it the 30th? You know, we've all been quarantined for some time, but it doesn't, stop us from choosing our environments, what we listen to, what we're reading, who we're surrounding ourselves with. And so I've designed who I choose my environment to be with, not limited to my geographic location, but the type of people I surround myself with. Like at this time at noon, I'm having lunch with you right now. We're, we're about to uh, you know, speak about some real game and I get a chance to you know, interact with someone who's 10 steps ahead of me. So that's how I've been able to make up who I am. And I want to go back to a thing as well as you know, I, I sometimes get a little bit rattled when, when I hear people say, oh, man, I started like an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. I, I was always an entrepreneur. I was born an entrepreneur. I had a lemonade stand. I never had that. I was conditioned to do the typical route. I got good grades. I did. I was a good athlete. And then I was like, oh, let me just flip the script by surrounding myself with people who are playing a very different game. So I never had, I, had, I wasn't born. I was conditioned. I conditioned my environment to become who I'm made of today. And, and I'm still building. I kind of wonder about that those stories are true a lot of times. Yeah. Like, I mean, I want to be the guy, like we talked about offline, like, you know, disrupting. I want to be the guy that says I wasn't, I wasn't a born entrepreneur. Like I never sold cards. I never had a lemonade stand. I didn't have that. Like, but it sounds cool, but I'm like, damn, that's not me, man. I can't relate with you. I can't relate with always selling. I learned how to sell later on when I got to college. I was like, that's when I got my, my real independence. I was like, I became a personal trainer and I started seeing the feedback with people and I could book them on my own time. That was my first introduction. And then I got blessed again, environment. My roommates were entrepreneurs. They sold their business. Still to this day, those are my website guys. They're in the digital marketing space. That was, you could call it luck, 
but then I gravitate towards them. And the reason I'll call it luck, I'll just go back for a second, Mike, because this is interesting. I was on a basketball team and they were like, hey, we got a mix up. We actually put you with a non-basketball player. And typically that's hard because we got like six AMs, five AMs in practice. So you always want to be with a buddy. Be like, hey, bro, we got to go. Room? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In the room, you mean? In the room, in the dorm rooms, right? In the dorm rooms, right? It's like, hey, you got to go, man. We got to go, right? But so it was a disadvantage. Like, hey, you're not with a basketball player. So do you want us to move you with with a basketball player? I'm like, no, 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 I'm cool. And then those guys, my roommates, still to this day, were business partners. And they taught me the game. You went to a first conference. I was like blown away. I'm like, what? This is a very different space. So it goes back to what I was made of. It was my environment. I, I decided to change it. Yeah, I love it. I love it. You know, I just heard somebody say something the other day about check your circle, check mm-hmm. your circle, make sure they're enge- encouraging you and, and challenging you and supporting you and, and all that. And if you don't have that, you don't have a circle, you have a cage, mm-hmm. you know, and I, that, yeah. that, that really hit me. I'm like, shit. Yeah. You know, I always pay attention to that though. You know, like there's been times where there's some organizations where they, people hammer these organizations about how they cut people off. It could be a church, it could be a uh, business, it could be a club. It's not no, they just they cut they cut ties with people. They were like, and people in the media a lot of times are people that just are on the street and say, man, that's that's harsh. You know, they, you believe they cut people off? They just they cut. A, but then you start to realize, like, if you don't pay attention to your environment and you let your environment control you instead of you controlling your environment, you get stuck in this downward trend or even a, nothing's flat, but your downward trend, your life becomes average and mediocre at best. And then you start to realize with those people that are in that, and I've been there before, I'm sure you have as well, where you're like, dude, this is not for me. Mm. And, and then you start paying attention to that and you start cutting the people out of your life, literally cutting them off yeah. and aren't going to support you, right? Yeah. Mike, the crazy thing though is it's, it's in disguise though, because there's environments where people aren't necessarily cutting you off or people are actually supporting you, but they're supporting you to do the wrong thing. And when I say the wrong thing, they're supporting you to their vision of, their you know, agenda. let's say exactly their agenda, maybe. And maybe sometimes it's in our own household, like, Hey, become a doctor, become a lawyer, do that. Like that's like, that's the environment that you're in. Like, this is what you need to do. And so goes back to what you said. It's like, you need to know what you want. And then when you know what you want, choose the environment you want to build. And it's not like that those are bad people, but there may be, they're not constructing the environment that you want to live in. And I think that's really important because it comes into disguise. Sometimes it's people that we love that don't, they don't even mean harm, but it's just, it is what it is. You have to choose the environment you want to be in. That's why I surround myself with people who have done what I want to do. That's really important. Yeah. So you got into real estate first. Is that what you started with? Oh, no, I got into, uh, I, I got into introduced. So my first kind of, if we want to talk about business, it was like, okay, was, it was the B2C, right? So it was literally a service business, personal training. I was literally in college, right? And I grew my, my little business and I, you know, networker, I was a people's person. So that was kind of cool. And then the real business where I started making some real money was we got into the e-commerce space as well. And uh, I guess the lesson from there, I think one of the questions you asked me, like one of the obstacles is, you know, we didn't really know our numbers. Like, I think a lot of times you look at people, they're like, hey man, we've made X amount of money. Like we're making like six figures a month, sure, right? And people can do that. But you know, the lesson there was ignoring your numbers. What are you taking home? And so we didn't exit the way we wanted to. We were a problem. We were leveraging, I mean, e-commerce. We basically was a drop shipping model. Uh, we had like virtual assistants. That's when we started hiring the process and all that. We had a back end, you know, front end, ads on the front, the whole nine yards. If you what? guys are fulfillment with with or if you guys are familiar with that. Yeah, go ahead, what Mike. Pro- what product? 
Uh, we're actually in the outdoor uh, product, outdoor niche, and uh, one of our best sellers are like it was actually like a sports watch. You guys know like G-Shock? It wasn't a G-Shock, yeah. but it was kind of like a, uh, that kind of model. Yeah, yeah. Like six different SKUs just for that product even. Uh, that was like one of our best sellers and the margins weren't large enough. That's when the importance of like knowing your take home and what you gross are two different very different things. And, and I think uh, we talk about the environment. If you're in the wrong environment, they'll tell you, oh, this is how much money you can make. But okay, but how much money you're actually keeping your pocket? Yeah. Uh, that's really important. Vanity versus sanity, as Brandon Dawson says. Uh, that's facts, man. So, so that was the first thing. And then I realized that, hey, I want to go back to kind of, you know, connecting with people. Very, you know, similar to you. I'm sure you're a people's person and you're in the real estate space as well. And so for me, I was like, how do I, you know, I didn't feel fulfillment being behind like ads and like managing campaigns. Like it wasn't right for me. It was like, yeah, even if I made tons of money, I don't think I'd feel fulfilled. So I started getting that, some of that fulfillment when I was like, pack my bags. I'm like, okay, I'm going back to Georgia. I'm going to start real estate down there. My folks were out there. I took a step back, moved back home. And I just started learning from the people, like from a top producer to then to a broker, to then wholesaling. Like I was doing a lot of different things at first, which I always talk about on my podcast, The Real Estate Experiment. And the reason I called it that is I feel that at first you got to experiment broad, figure out what it is that you like, and then double down, again, including the environment, double down on the niche that you really want to get into. Because I do think riches are in a niche, uh, riches are in the niches, right? But just kind of like narrowing down and focusing. But I do believe that you should probably experiment a little bit to get an idea of, the, do I really like this? Or does it look just, does it look cool to be an agent? Or is it actually what I want to do? No, I don't want to be an agent. I want to be an investor. Okay, cool. Got it. Check mark. Right? So that's what it was. And now, yes, I'm, I'm a real estate. I'm a real estate investor. I've helped a lot of real estate investors kind of do the same. And uh, it's been really fulfilling uh, just being able to really help people and obviously build a platform that I've been able to have uh, and learning from those where I want to get to. So for the audience that doesn't know what wholesaling is, can you explain briefly what wholesaling is? And then also, how does wholesaling react to a market with low inventory? Oh, okay. That's a good question. So, um, so I'll start with the, what, what is wholesaling? So wholesaling is basically you are assigning a contract essentially, right? So what pe- there's a few different ways you can do the wholesale model. Essentially, it's a kind of lower tier or not lower tier. I shouldn't say that because people have massive businesses, but what I'm saying it's easy to get started, which is good. So because someone can go out there and you basically find a property that's in a condition that an investor would want to buy it in. You get it under contract. And then what you do, you assign your fee on it. It's like a finder's fee. And there's different ways to do it depending on what state you're in. You can kind of sign the contract, have very clear clauses in there of that. Hey, basically, if you bought, let's say you get the home under contract for $50,000. What you end up doing is then uh, you present it to another investor, another partner who buys it at $60,000 from you. And what you've done is you've created a contract that allows you to assign it to someone else so that you can get the difference of the spread. So you get the $10,000 home, you keep that for yourself. And uh, that's how you are able to generate some income. So that's that's basically, that's basically uh, you're getting paid to find a deal. It's a finder's fee deal. Yeah. It's a finder's fee. Absolutely. You find it before the investor finds it. Yeah. Now you asked me a very good question that I need to want to think about. You asked me how, how does how does wholesaling work in a market where there's low inventory? Oh, interesting. Okay, so let me think about that for a second. If there's low inventory, it means essentially it's um, there's there's a lot of buyers, right? Yeah, uh, and your fee sh- your fee should be higher because there's less. It's harder work to find good deals, right? Absolutely, right. So exactly. So this, I'm glad you put it that way because I'm like I think okay, low inventory, supply and demand. Absolutely. So 
Yeah. And I think you're seeing that right now in even Atlanta, right? I mean, that's mm-hmm. where the market that I'm in, I think you've seen right, interest rates are low. People, and this is now I'm tapping into your field. People want to buy, buy, buy. You got people from outside, you know, Midwest. Um, you got people from West Coast, like East Coast, high expensive states that want to move into more affordable states. So obviously there's a, there's a higher demand. It's a, it's, a, it's a seller's market. So again, to your point, I've been out of the game for a little bit when it comes to wholesaling, but I can only imagine that as now demand is lower, that again, you're going to want to make it more competitive because people are willing to buy more, buy more. Like I just closed on a deal where I had to bid higher, right? Mm-hmm. And, and so that's just the reality of it. So in, in other words, I think that's a good opportunity, Mike, that you bring up. But there is an opportunity to kind of like maybe fatten your profits a little bit more because people are willing to pay more. So have well, a large well, You, you kind of have to, but to if you're going yeah. to stay in wholesaling because of the fact that you do not have as many units that you're going to be able to, to wholesale. Absolutely, so exactly. The difference. Okay, I was working through this as I was talking to you. So <laughs> Yeah, no, no, me too. Yeah. I was like, yeah, yeah. But no, that's a good point because, and you bring up a good point, Mike, because- uh, if that's your livelihood, which, you know, your point is 100% right. Like if it's a different market, maybe you have a lot of little wholesale deals, you can get, you know, 5,000 here, 10,000 there, like whatever. But if it's going to be like, you don't know when the next one is coming, you want to secure that bag. And but anyway, <laughs> that was one of the stints that I started in. And then I was like, hey, I want to be an investor. And that's how I know. Like now, if you ask me, you know, I'm very niched, I'm in short term rentals. Uh, again, that came from the environment. I had a guy on my podcast. He told me about short-term rentals. I was like Airbnb, 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 right? So vacation home rentals, just put things into perspective, Mike, for our listeners. It's, uh, it never occurred to me because I traveled a lot before the pandemic. And and it's, it's really like, if you look at it, you got to take in as we know, okay, what is the mortgage, right? What what, what am I going to be able to uh, cover? for a 30-day period. If you look at that, you're like, okay, great. Most typical investors will say, okay, uh, mortgage is 1500 bucks a month. If I can get a tenant in there for 2000 you got a $500 spread. Not bad. Not bad. Obviously, the scales of economics is better when you have tons of units, but people typically get started that way. The thing is with short-term rentals is um, it's essentially you're, you're literally charging three times more of what the daily, and it's important that you do the daily, what the yeah, daily yeah. rent would be. Because if you take 30 days and let's say you divide that, now I made the number complicated, but you divide that amount, it could be anywhere from like 40 to 50 bucks a day. Now, mm-hmm. if you do the math on a short-term rental, especially 50 depending bucks. on 50, 50 bucks, bucks a day, right? Yeah. Cool. Well, t- your typical hotel, right? I mean, this is, I'm talking about like even a three-bedroom, two-bedroom home, you can charge anywhere from like two, 200 a night, if not more, uh, depending on the demand. So on a weekend, you can bring in 600 bucks. Now, if all your weekends are filled, then you can very easily see that you can very much clear that two thousand uh, dollars yeah. a month range. Yeah. So if you have a if you mm-hmm. do uh, two nights on the weekends and then there's out how many weeks like four let's just say four weeks that's eight and you're making eight times two fifty let's say that's two thousand dollars and then that's making that same amount. But in, if you add in um, any weekdays, then uh, that's when you're going over. Right? Absolutely. And the thing is, there's tools like see your traditional Airbnb guy next door who's just doing it as like not like a real business. Is doing like, oh, okay, let's just set it to $200 a month. You're, if you're savvy, you got a tool okay. like yeah. Beyond Pricing. That's like what the airlines use. So as supply and demand goes, as events go up, as the supply of other rentals near you are getting booked, mm-hmm. guess what? Your price rises without you needing to be there. So we have tools as such. So you really want to operate everything you do like a business. And that's exactly what we do. And so when you do that at scale, you're really bringing in three times, three to five times even more. 
wanted to take a quick break here to remind you that my book, Rocket Fuel, is available for sale now at MikeCRock.com forward slash book. That's MikeCROC.com forward slash book. Go get a copy and share it with your friends and family. It will change lives, guys. I will not let you down. Now back to the show. And do you and have a management company that handles it for you? All cleaners. Yeah. Yeah. So you actually want, when you bring your, so in short-term rentals, people are used to the 8%, the property management, but it's really, it's as good as the systems that you build and the checklist that you build. And you have a management team and a handyman. That's really your team. So that they come in on a schedule, they clean, they have a smart house access, keypads, codes yeah. get reset. They come in, they come out, inventory check, et cetera. And you're giving, and the crazy part is guys, if you recall, if you've ever booked an Airbnb, there is a cleaning fee there. So that's already factored in. Everything is profit. Because you're just you're factoring in that fee into the booking fee. Yeah. So when you do that at scale, you don't need like 12, 20 homes to really, again, if you're talking about financial freedom or getting rid of your expenses, right? Like you could literally start to have this model scale with very, very few properties. And but again, you have to operate like a system. You have to have checklists in place. You have to have someone who's checking guests in. You're in the hospitality business, right? Mm -hmm. um, so nothing is push and play. I think anything that you set your mind to, you're going to have to put in some work. So. so now you're an avid system builder, right? Yeah. So our new product, Blueprinted, it's coming out. B-L-O-O -O, Printed is coming out very soon. And we are going to be going to people and having them upload blueprints in a task management format, basically system building, right? And selling it to people for success because I believe I've had setbacks in my life, right? Yeah. When I had setbacks in my life, it was you have no hope. There's no light at the end of the tunnel, and you got to try to figure out, get hope, get through it. But a lot of times, one, the setback could be could have been avoided if I had the blueprint, the step by step yeah. algorithmic format of how to do something. Or this, the other thing is, if I did have a setback that was beyond that control, to get out of that, having that same step by step format to get out of it made a difference. Can you speak to that and how you view systems? I couldn't agree more. So systems for us is just that we call them SOPs, standard operating procedures. So anytime, and, and I'll give you, and I love that you're doing this. It's literally such a slam dunk. We're going to have to talk offline uh, because that's how I built my agency, right? So I have a, uh, a decent team of about 17 plus individuals all together who are taking in systems. So anytime I do something once, I want to document it. And I talk about creating an environment because an environment is someone who has success has a blueprint that they've used, right? Whether they know it or not, they've taken the steps. So anytime we have success in-house for us, we want to document that. Oh, that was a really good response. Can you save that as a template? Okay, great. Now the next person can use yeah. that as a template. So a system for me is a something that is repetitive that anybody can, you can plug in, they'll do. Some, you may have heard a quote before, you're, you're as good as your systems. It's true. And, and you know, we were talking about this offline, Gino Wickman, right? Uh, traction talks about that systems, right? You talk about, it's not so much having the A players all the time. It's about having, knowing where to put them and having a process in place that anybody can follow. It should be very, very simple for someone to follow. And then when you have a lot of simple things added together, I think that's when you're able to have an entire kind of operation. So I love what you're doing, Mike, because I think what we lack sometimes is I think sometimes there's the rah-rah, there's the motivation. There's, oh man, let's get it. And then it's like, okay, so what's first? So where we go? <laughs> right? Like, well, where are we going? Where are we going? Let's get what? What are we getting? Next? Like, you know, like, so what's happening? What's next? And I think the best thing we can do, even as is in business, is always after every email, any consult call or anything that I, that I have, the next steps are the following. 
right? That you have to be a guide. You, you know, you're, you're guiding the person what comes next. Hey, I know this was a lot of information. Even at the end of this, here's what happens next. And so I, I do believe that's what systems are. It's like when people are in an operation or you're in front of something, what happens next? And I actually really love what you're doing. I think it's fascinating. Yeah. Thank you, man. And, you know, cause I'm a, I'm a big thing, you know, video trainings, uh, there's so much of it out there now it's a uh, watered down. It's, but also it doesn't get the job done, mm-hmm. you know, to me and blueprints are the way to do it. And I'm going to argue and, and I'm going to go after all the people that do video digital training and talk to them about why it's important to have the blueprint. They need a blueprint. And also the platforms out there, they're going to have to start working with us. They're going to have no choice but to work with us at Blueprinted because the video training does not get the job done, period. So I yeah, I love that. So what was your TEDx talk about? Or have you done uh, more than one? No, it was uh, specifically where we just talked about how to get more than 24 hours in a day. So you know, I think a lot of us you know, in this journey, right, that we're, we're all thriving for success, we're always like, all right, man, what do I need to do? What do I need to do? And, I, and part of my TEDx talk was flip that. Flip that to who do you need to be connected to? Oh, I thought right? you were going to say, who do you need to do? <laughs> that, hey, look. That's a different story. <laughs> hey, get it how you live. But look, look I'm saying that's the question you got to ask. Like, you know, stop asking uh, how can I and start asking who. That was one yeah, of the quotes yeah, yeah. That, I, that I said in that. And I think that's really what I live by. I mean, you look at, you know, I think if you, if you literally, this is, let this be a key takeaway. If you face a situation that you're in, literally recondition yourself and be like, okay, who, who can help me with this? Oh, Mike, Mike said he had a, a business with blueprints. Okay, okay. Let me see if I can connect with Mike. Let me see if I can give out the assistance. And because Mike's an important guy, he's a busy guy. Let me see, let me, let me see, man. Let me see if I can get in touch. Let me get close to this man because he said he has blueprints. Okay, cool. So what I do, I'll give you another hack, guys. Like anytime I meet someone in my phone, I'll put in the notes because there's a section. I mean, I have an iPhone. I'm assuming it can't be too different from other people, but there's a section with notes or company. So anytime I have someone on my podcast, anytime I meet someone, like, what are you interested in? Because that's another thing we'll talk about, adding value. But what are you interested in? Okay, great. Or what are they into? Like, what do they specify? Now I can think of that person first or call them or find a way if I have a relationship with them, uh, find a way to tap into their expertise or resources, right? So if you look into my company, like my roommates, still to this day, they're on my website, guys. And Facebook ads, guys, we have that relationship. So anytime someone needs something, I'll be like, hey, these are the people who can help you. Like I had a guy tell me, man, yeah, I've been working on my website for like eight months. Like why? Because you're thinking I have to fix this problem. Yeah. Eight months? Yeah. You know how much traction you're losing? Yeah. Or like, man, I'm looking for like a lender, man. I'm trying to get this home, man. But I'm like, all right, let me pu- give you the plug right here. I got a guy who's sitting in front of me who's done it time and time again. So every problem, like I think there's another thing. I think Will Smith said this. There's not one problem that you have that someone hasn't had to deal with. Like that, we're not that, it's not that we're not that unique because we are, uh-huh. but yeah. we're all dealing all, with very similar situations. Like, oh, uh, yeah, all problems have a solution, right? And they start yeah. with the who is yeah. it Google? Is it a person? Is it someone yeah. in my phone? Where do I yeah. start? Start with that, man. I think that'll help you. And so that's what the talk was about. And I do that in everything I do. Like, we talk about partnerships, that's all I'm trying to do because I know I can't get in this thing alone from mentors to coaches to partners in companies who have similar interests that can serve my existing clients. I mean, anything, I think that'll, you know, 
add value as much as possible. And I think that was the, the next thing I was going at is, is being able to do that at scale with the help of other people. And then when you went into being becoming a system builder and consulting clients mm-hmm. and all that, and if there's somebody listening that has a business similar to yours or just something different, but it's a business to do something like this, where did you start to get clients? It's so funny you say that because the last business in e-commerce was just like, oh, let's drive ads, ads, right? We're driving ads. I am underpaid. I think Grant Cardone said this. First, you will be underpaid then after you will be overpaid. What do I do? I over deliver. Like if I'm supposed to deliver one thing on a call, I'm delivering five. You're like, God damn, this guy's a, yo, John, you got to check this guy out. I'm over, I'm underpaid. I can tell you that right now. I know I'm underpaid. Our agency is underpaid. Why? Because we over deliver. And when you do that, the best marketing tool is referrals. People are happy with you. They know other people who have the same problem. They're going to refer business. So that's a hundred percent. It do find one client, find one problem. In the beginning, it was literally one client. We over delivered that client still to this day brings like 50% of our business. Incredible. But then it's a crazy domino effect because those clients are bringing new clients. So it's so funny because as we're speaking right now, I'm about to turn on some ads because I know the game. Omnipresence. They don't know you. They mm-hmm. can't flow you. But man, golly, like you got it. One person. One over deliver. Referral business keeps coming. It's, it's, it has to. I mean, you'd be crazy not to. Yeah, but to what, let me challenge you a little bit on this. Just yeah. to, again, I don't know the answer, but what about the fact that if you charge too little, then people start to question the quality of the work? That's, I mean, that's an ongoing battle because I think the, you, you set them. Uh, what I do is, again, numbers guy, comparative market analysis. What is the market offering? Okay, great. This is what my competitor is offering. Okay, great. I'm going to offer it three times that. Then it's a no, it, it has to be a no brainer. Be like, okay, why would I go with this guy? This guy's over delivering. Now, the, the challenge I was having, and it's so funny because I asked this in a clubhouse and I got an answer to it. The challenge I was having now, you start attracting people with similar prices. So how do I bump up to the next price? Because all your referrals are giving you, hey, this is the kind of deal he's getting me. So how do I elevate? So I asked this in a clubhouse. I'm like, man, like, how do I like <laughs> increase my prices, man? Like, you know what I mean? Like, how do I make more money? That's an important topic to have, right? And he told me something so simple. And this is why I love Clubhouse, right? If you guys aren't on it, like it was an angel investor, some guy, I got to give him a plug in a second. But he's like, hey, Ruben, do it like your phone company does. Roll out a new plan, roll out additional products. And you give him very simple. He's like, hey, Mike, we just rolled out this quarter, this new package that's doing XYZ for you. Are you interested in it? We just rolled it out. If you're not, no problem. If you are, no problem. Nothing will change. We're just going to add it to you and you'll see the difference in your bill next month. And I'm like, damn, genius. Like, this, I mean, it was so smart. And I'm like, that's a, guess what you do? You stick with the formula. You over deliver again and then you, you yeah, increase so your prices. A, you're not increasing your prices to the market. You're basically offered a new product. Absolutely. You're product. elevating your services. I mean, yeah, we should be yeah, elevating it's a, our services. It's, but it's a new product. It's not like you're saying, hey, my prices have gone up. It's, hey, I got to do, I got this new product we're launching. Yeah. And I don't even know, like, cause I think that could be to your listening room. Like, damn, now I got to launch a new product. I think I'm always, I'm a big leverage guy. I'm a real estate guy. So I'm, I'm all about leverage. So what are we currently doing that we're really actually not truly offering or not leveraging? Right. So for us, we have a repurposed content, right. For podcasters, right. For thought leaders, one thing they might be interested in because we're all about being found is Guess what? I just got a guy who did my SEO, big guy. And, or we had a, actually a big influencer who gave us a tool that we're really using to be found more on YouTube and all that. And I'm like, why don't we just roll that in as an add-on, right? Yeah. And, and now you're elevating your client because you know what your client wants. So it's, it's, right. it's the, your funnel. So 
I don't even think it needs to be that dramatic, but it needs to be like, hey, or this is what we're doing now. We've added X team member who will now do X, Y for your company. Are you interested in being rolled into this thing? And it doesn't need to be, if you, again, if you're building good systems, like we talk about, it doesn't need to shake and break your existing business model. If anything, you're adding more value and yeah, yeah, enhancing yeah. the experience. Yep. Yep. I yeah. love it. I love it. Yep. Exactly. And by the way, how did we get in touch on Clubhouse? Yeah, we did. But actually it's funny. I think it was LinkedIn first because yeah. we had DM'd each other a few times and then the connection and you talk about omnipresence and good branding, right? Like you got C-Rock in the back there. I'm like, hey, C-Rock, I'm like, shit. oh, snap. I looked at my LinkedIn. I'm like, I remember this guy and you have a nice background. So this is important because you're doing a very good job with branding. Mm-hmm. And that's what it is. It has to be like, oh, who is this guy? Oh, that's right. Mike, yeah, yeah, right? You. C-Rock. And we hadn't really but it was LinkedIn and then Clubhouse bridged the gap because we were in the same rooms, I think. And I kept seeing you come up. Yeah. And, so that's the thing, up. man. Omnipresence because, you know, I didn't know Clubhouse was going to come out, but now Clubhouse yeah. came out and that was the added thing that got us connected. Yeah. So, you know, yeah, for sure, man. So to wrap this up and before I do ask you the final question, how can my audience get in touch with you? What's the best way to engage with you? So I'm big on, uh, I'm big on Instagram. It's the real estate experiment at the real estate experiment. You can also check me out, invest at talent dot com. Basically what we do there, we help, uh, we can, we have a new do it for you service, or if you're looking to get your wording out, I know we didn't talk a lot about this, but the agency was born for me actually hosting a lot of people like you who have done a lot learning from them. And then people are like, Hey, you guys are putting out so much content from your podcast. Can you do that for us? And obviously that kind of grew. Uh, and so we repurposed podcast content for uh, thought leaders, uh, specifically in the real estate niche. Uh, so you can go on investedtalent.com and check us out there. We're also going to do like property management, do it for yourself away. So we're going to have some, um, some workshops on that coming up. So if you go on investedtalent.com, you'll see that as a resource. And by the time this comes out as well. So uh, I'd love to have you guys come in. You can also uh, uh, definitely um, text me. I got a community number. You guys should check this out if you're in marketing space. You know, text me, CROCK. And at 678-679-5613. And I'll be sure to take care of you for coming in from uh, your network. That'd be a pleasure. Say that number one more time. Yeah, for sure. 678-679-5613. That is my number. I will get those messages directly and text me C-Rock. All right. All right. Text him C-Rock. Text him C-Rock. Here's the last question. I ask this question to all the guests too. We start with what are you made of? We end with what does the rocket fuel law mean to you of converting setbacks into rocket fuel for your future to become unstoppable? Mm, I think learning from those experiments, as I call them, are learning from them so that, you know, fool me once, shame on me, fool me twice, shame on you. Is that what it is? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I mean, (laughs) look, basically the data is out there, man. Like, it's like, if I'm going to do an experiment, I got to collect the data. So the next time I'm using that as a stepping stool. So, So there's no failure success. It's all about what happens after right? A failure can turn into a success if you learn from it or you're actually, ah, oh, that didn't work. Now it's another reason for me to find out how the next thing can work, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, I think that's the, my, my main key takeaway. And then that will help you rocket fuel. And honestly, look, I'm just figuring it out like the rest of everybody, right? Like I don't have, I don't know, the words of wisdom that I can leave as I'm a practitioner myself is uh, continue to experiment. And he who experiments the most wins. Yeah, fast. Yeah, Keep it yeah. simple. Keep it simple. Yeah, document it. And, and that's what I've done. And that's, what, and that's how you're able to attract. Look, man, I got the man in front yeah, of me right here, man. Yo, what's no, up? You're the man. You're the man. <laughs> I appreciate you know, it. The, the biggest travesty for me in my career is I didn't document everything I did that was successful. 
I didn't understand mm. that I needed to. I just went, I was just head down, go, 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 go. And now we're very keen on this. And now we're very, very good at documenting, journaling, and, and paying attention to what we're doing. And now, obviously, that weakness that I had, I'm turning into that product blueprinted. So, Ruben, thank you so much for being on the show, man. I look forward Absolutely. to developing a relationship with you. If there's anything I could ever do for you, let me know. And we will definitely be talking more offline. Absolutely, brother. Thanks for having me. I appreciate you, man. Thank you, man. You guys have been listening to the What Are You Made Of podcast with the unstoppable Mike C-Rock. I want to have you come back again. So please subscribe to your favorite podcast platform to the What Are You Made Of podcast. If you like watching these on video, go to Mike C-Rock Sirocco on YouTube. Check these out. You can see all the guests, their faces, and instead of just hearing their voices. Till next time, be unstoppable. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of What Are You Made Of? Be sure to check my website out at themikecrock.com, themikecrock with no k.com, and let us know how we can help you or your business reach its full potential. Feel free to leave a review or follow me on social media, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and YouTube at Mike C. Rock Scirocco. Again, thank you for joining me and see you guys on the next episode. I want to remind you that the Rocket Fuel book is available at my website, mikecrock.com forward slash book. That's Mike. C-R-O-C.com forward slash book. Go get yourself a copy. Thank you so much for your support and your listenership. It means the world to me.